0: This is Ranking of Cage Part 2, It Could Happen to You. I'm Colton Wallace, here with Scott Kudron and Josh Lieto. Um,
1: Hey, guys.
0: So, first things first, we'll start with the synopsis from Just Watch. Um, Charlie Lang is a simple, kind-hearted New York City cop. When he realizes he has no money to tip a waitress, Yvonne... Lang offers her half of the winnings of his lottery ticket. Amazingly, the ticket happens to be a winner in the sum of four million. True to his word, Lang proceeds to share the prize money with Yvonne, which infuriates his greedy wife Muriel. Not content with the arrangement, Muriel begins scheming to take all the money. So, this movie opens up where it kind of shows you Charlie, who's a good guy cop, um, and then you see the other two characters. Yvonne, who is a waitress living the struggle, but she has a good heart. And uh, Charlie's wife, Mariel, who seems to be very status obsessed and vain and is not pleased with the life they're living. Um, So basically, the first kind of scene of the movie is showing Charlie as just being a good guy cop. Um, I believe he delivers a baby on a bus. (laughs) (laughs)
2: <laughs> yep yep that was one of the uh that was one of the scenes, brief um, scenes
0: but so then it shows him and his partner um they're going into a diner to eat some lunch or something so they go to order food and yvonne is their waitress and then they get a police call and they have to leave. So then he goes to pay the bill and tip her realizes he doesn't have the money to tip her and then says, Hey, I'll give you half the winnings of this lottery ticket. And she's like, Oh wow. Thanks. Um, Cause she's, you'll find out she's already having a bad day. She's having a bad time with life currently. Um, so then um, after that, we get to see Charlie's life at home with Mariel, his wife and, his wife is really good. You get the portrayal that she is not like happy with their current situation and she wants them to be like striving for more. Um, mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, I might back up just a second just for yeah, like, right. because like, you know, you see Muriel first at like the, because it looks like she's a hairdresser or a hairstylist. Oh, right. Yep. Yep. Or wait, was she getting her hair cut?
1: No, she works at a salon. That's right. Beginning. Yeah. So,
2: yeah. And, yeah. and like, well, the conversation Muriel's having with the woman that, you know, she's cutting her hair is like, you know, she's like oh yeah he's just a cop he brings home he brings home money i guess
0: right cool
1: yeah so but, they really want to drill that in
2: yeah you really see the true love in the marriage
1: yeah they have no connection at all
2: throughout the whole thing
1: she is right. they i don't even know why they married at all well they were i think at some point it
0: says they were together like in like high school or when they're teenagers and then they just stayed together since then but yeah, through the whole movie, you never it doesn't even seem like they like
1: each other at
0: all. Like
1: mm. not even remotely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he doesn't and he seems totally complacent and does not care. Right. And she's and she seems all up in arms about everything. Yeah. And it's like and it and, and 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 uh I don't know, felt like that character was intended to be annoying. Right. Because you know, it was yeah. very it was it felt like it was she didn't have any redeeming lines or moments at all. Yeah. There's a moment when she he's giving money to the like police fund. She's sitting up on the stage and he and she's just like, Oh damn, am I ten thousand dollars? Like this <laughs> is and it's like you're on stage in like front of t- and you're on TV and she's just like so shameless. She is like so shamelessly wants that money. It's just right. It's an icky character. So I, she, I had a-
2: she gets even pettier than that though. Cause like you see the blind guy with like the cup when they're entering someplace <laughs> and then you see Nicholas Cage's yeah. character, stick a little bit of money in the cup. And then she just pulls it out. She's
1: like, you can't give money to every homeless person on the street. And it's like, <laughs> wow, what a stingy stingy person.
0: Yeah. God. So we we see kind of their interactions for the first time when he's at home there that first night. And, um, He makes Jiffy Pop on the stove with like old Jiffy Pops that have like the tin foil. It was a nice throwback. I was like, oh yeah, those. Have you, I've never had an experience that's good with those. I feel like they're always subpar.
1: I don't remember. I was such a small child. I was like what my grandma would have.
2: Right. Yeah, but I've never Uh, tried one. Growing up, I always had like the bagged microwave popcorn. Sure, but just
0: the the kind you put on the stove, it's just wild to see that now. Like uh, it seems so like inefficient and it never seems to work correctly (laughs) but sure enough um, they win with their lotto ticket for four million dollars his wife's Mariel's freaking out and um, at some point he then confesses that he promised this waitress half of the winnings and in her typical fashion she's very angry about that and she,
1: I think she probably calls him a moron or something. She's like, they don't even, they don't even show the confession or oh, they like cut to outside. And all you hear is like her scream. And she's like, you you promised money to a random stranger. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. and, then it, and then thus begins the struggles over the money. Right. Um,
0: so then eventually though, he does decide to um, give Yvonne the money, give Yvonne the half of the money. Um and,
1: well, he actually gives her a choice, right? Oh, right, he goes, yeah. He goes yeah. into the restaurant. And he's like, "Well, uh, he's like, he's like, you can pick. You know, I'll either give you double your tip, or I'll give you a, a big, just to like double tip of what you're supposed to get, or you can split half of this lottery ticket." And he doesn't tell her. Right. He's like, he's like A or B, and she's like, "Well, I'll take B. I'll take the lottery ticket." Yeah. And he's like, "You made the right decision because you get two million dollars." <laughs>
0: um and doesn't is that the same scene where he gives her like the glasses necklace the the glasses like yeah he starts off with that he's like first off i have a gift
2: Yeah. (laughs) Mm
0: -hmm. which seemed really weird but well i mean i feel
2: like it made sense when you consider the context of the earlier scenes where it's like she's constantly fidgeting with her glasses i mean what is it the other waitress like as she was like looking for them the other waitress points out oh they're on your head.
1: Right. Yeah and After at one point at one her. point yeah at one point
2: Nicholas Cage finds them for her.
0: Yeah it's it's just showing how much of a nice guy he is. Like that's they really drive that point home. Right. It, it kind of all the characters in this movie I feel like are very like single noted. Like you have the wife and you I feel like Nicholas Cage is just the good guy cop and he just follows that through the whole movie. And like that's his whole thing. And then even like some of the other, like the uh the boss at the diner that Yvonne works for, who just sits behind that table and yells all the time. He feels like a cartoon character. Like he just sits there
1: and yells about shit. It just cuts to him yelling. They give him they give him coffee with cigarette right. c- cigarettes, yeah. and then he likes it.
0: Yeah, right. Right. He's like the Charlie yeah. Brown teacher. Right. Um so Anyways, then when they're getting when they're like accepting the the award, when they're accepting the money for the lot lottery winners, there's reporters there, and one of the reporters asks the Yvonne, "Is this the biggest tip she'd ever received? Like, what a dumb fucking question. No, <laughs> I, I received a tip bigger than this massive amount of money,
2: <laughs> right?" Um, I feel like that's just meant to be like a lighthearted, you know, yeah. trying to get people to smile kind of thing as they're in front guess, of the camera. I
0: guess, but I mean, that's bad reporting, if you ask me.
1: I feel like that's kind of what the whole movie was like. I felt like um, it was like a little bit of a window into just how, like, in the late 80s, life was just like so different yeah, in a lot of ways. And it was just yeah. like, you know, this was like the biggest deal. Like, get on yeah. TV and ask, is this the biggest tip you ever got? It's like the dumbest question ever. Obviously, it is, and it's uh, just—I don't know—another movie that was just all cheese all the way through. Made me feel physically sick after finishing watching it. God,
2: you you know, one thing I will—I must say—one thing I will say is I have never seen paparazzi follow lottery winners as closely as they (laughs) do. Right, Right. that felt so contrived.
0: Uh, one question: yeah. Was this set in the eighties? So the, the movie came out in nineteen ninety four. Was the was the movie actually set in the eighties? I didn't catch if they said that at all.
1: I didn't either.
0: Don't I know. I, it might be unsaid. Yeah, because you have the dates of their like I think like nineteen eighty four is like their anniversary or something.
1: There was also a really big uh, subtext of um, of uh, like crime in the city. Right. and like how like nicolas cage is this police officer but like i feel like that very much talks to like 70s and 80s experiences in the city where like they were cities were really unsafe especially yeah. like more they were much more unsafe back then right um and uh i feel yeah, I mean, like yeah
0: it seems like the 80s it seems like late 80s but i'm not certain
1: i mean like, that, i would say that right that's pro that's the context right like it came out if it came out in 94 they started making it in 93 like right. it just came out of the 80s yeah that is yeah
0: so uh, speaking of uh crime uh the next scene you get is the robbery scene where uh nicholas cage is getting coffee from what we find out is a shop that he frequents um So he's getting coffee and he's talking to the store clerk and the store clerk says something about his wife being sick and not there. And then, and he's in his, you know, he's his good guy. Cap sensors are going off. then he comes back out and talks to his partner. And he's like, Hey, our favorite Korean store clerks getting robbed. And his partner says, what, how? And he says, well, he said, his wife's not working, but she would work no matter what, you know, she would work if she was on her deathbed. Um,
2: Well, then there was also the fact that he gave him the coffee on the house, which apparently isn't a a thing that the store owner does.
0: Oh, that's yeah. So he jumps into action, goes into the, uh, through the basement, to the back to try and sneak up on the uh, crooks. And then (laughs) he throws a can at one of them. (laughs) And then he tackles the other one through a doorway. (laughs) I love it when he chucks the can and begs the guy in the face. <laughs> um, so, and then once he does that, he, he, his partner dives in and he's like, are you okay? And it looks and his, he's been shot in the arm. And then he see, I think he like sees his arm that is shot and then he faints after seeing it. But either way, he's then a hero. Um, right. And it kind mm-hmm. of sh- shows him being a hero and uh, you see him walking around and he wears white New Balances, which kind of I feel like fits with his good guy, middle aged cop that he would wear white New Balances when he's mm-hmm. on duty. Um, you know, then he goes to a, an, an event for him and then he donates more money to some other charity. And then his wife, again, is displeased with him giving away more money. Right. That's the one you were referencing earlier, Josh. Right. Um. So follow. but I mean at, at
1: this yeah. point the movie is basically over. I mean, there's only one outcome here. Right. right. Yeah. And it's what I, they it, it's it's just it's just was so slow in this part of the movie. It was like uh, I was like just do it already. Get well, it over with.
0: Right. And I kind of feel like it took a it, it felt like it took too long for the movie to get to the lottery thing in the first place. And then mm. it also felt like it kind of didn't have Within like 20 minutes after that, it was already kind of set where it was going. Right. Um, but yeah, so the next scene, um, there's a boat party that I guess Charlie and Muriel were going to, and also Yvonne was going to. But oh. so Muriel gets on the boat, and then Charlie sees that Yvonne is having some issue with the cab driver, and he needs she's got to pay him. She doesn't have the right bills on her. So Nicholas Cage comes over or Charlie comes over to pay the cab driver. And then by the time they get it all sorted out, they turn around and the boat's gone. Uh So then that leads us to two separate scenes where Muriel is on the boat and Charlie and Yvonne are on a date.
1: what do you guys think about this part? I just I was basically tuned out at this point. I was just like I, I hate this movie. It was so bad. I was so annoyed. <laughs> the, I, I just was like like rolling my eyes at everything they said. Um this was a scene where uh his wife was like kind of what do you call it? Wasn't she like kind of gallivanting with these like rich yeah. guys? Yep. And yeah. And it's like, there's it like a subtext of like, oh, I bet she's like about to get down with these guys or something. Right. And it will, it, it kind of weird. highlights
0: one rich investor guy specifically that right. you see. Um, you see mm-hmm. him right. times. In-
2: investor. <laughs> yeah.
0: I, I, I don't know that he, his like exact professional thing is defined he's just kind of a rich looking guy that Muriel's he's having. a rich he's
1: a rich asshole
2: basically <laughs> yeah okay. he was talking about like stocks or investments and things when he's introduced and then muriel just yeah. sucks up to him the entire time the right. dinner i thought was more interesting because then you have uh charlie <laughs> kind of like talking about like you know this is my I, life this I, is what I, I do this is why i'm with muriel despite the fact that we have nothing in common or i'm questioning my sanity every day i go back to my apartment
0: <laughs> yeah but i also feel like we had already been kind of told this as a viewer so it just felt really boring for this whole scene to happen where he labors on about it because i feel like the whole part of the story the movie's been telling us up to this point is literally the stuff he's now saying to her
1: uh, so yeah it just kind of,
0: this this is for me, you're getting into the most boring part of this movie when you enter these two scenes, because to me, this date scene, it just feels weird and awkward and mega boring. Like, it's like, I know all this stuff. This is the movie I've been watching. It's like they're telling you the the, the things the movie has, like, told you, only they're just literally outright saying it to you now. I and mean, you're um, not wrong. <laughs> you know, and I, I don't know what else you put there, but. To me, this is this was where it started to get really boring.
1: Yeah, I could hardly pay attention at this point.
0: Yeah. So then after this, the next day, Charlie's like going on a date with Yvonne, kind of. I, they're rollerblading together. Charlie rollerblades into a lake. Because Great of- scene.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I rewound that part to see it happen again. I was like, oh, no, he's not going to go in that pond, is he? And yeah, he went guess- right into it.
0: I guess just like in uh, Moonstruck, we had a Nicolas Cage moment. I think maybe him going into the lake is probably the best Nicolas Cage moment in this movie. Um, yeah, like
1: rollerblading
0: and then falling into the lake.
1: <laughs> Which yeah. I don't even. I wonder that probably wasn't even him, right? That was probably like a stunt yeah. double. It's too dangerous to like rollerblade into the lake. I like. mean, I wonder. Yeah, I wonder if he, if you know, I mean, he's just crazy enough. He might do that. Yeah, I do all my own stunts, like rollerblading, right. <laughs> rollerblading into a pond. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs>
0: yeah <laughs> um so then after that though they're buying subway tickets for people and mm. everybody's stampeding towards the subway because they're buying free fares which seems wild right yeah,
2: oh, they're that's... buying
0: free fares i gotta turn around and go somewhere now
2: the i mean i feel like
1: <laughs> yeah i feel it like, i mean i just I, i just felt like Every like in New York City, like everybody's always trying. Like there's always people getting on. Yeah, you know? well, so it's that, more of like
0: that's fine. But literally, there was a scene where some guys in the subway saying, "Hey, they're buying fares for everybody," and people like are stampeding,
1: turning around, and stampeding down there. It just, it just like goes to like is, if was that even like is. It... How is that even a reasonable thing? Like was and was that reasonable like back it's in the day? Been, okay, think about this yourself. You're like, okay, you just got off a train
0: cuz you're like going home or you're going somewhere. And then they're like, "Oh, do you want a free fare to go somewhere else?" Probably not. Like unless you're going somewhere, you're not going to say, "I'm going to take this free fare now to change my current trajectory for no reason."
1: Yeah, like, I feel like this movie was all about Zeitgeist and yeah. like feel feeling in the society and like what it showed me is how, like, the people are basically just, like, in a, like roving, like, endless masses, <laughs> and they, like, they just, they kind of, they kind things. of, yeah, I just, it was, every, everybody, everybody was kind of stupid, and yeah. I just, you know, yeah. um So, yeah, so then they're buying all the people, so people, and then that's great, then everyone loves them, because then they're, like, the, yeah, the right, the couple
0: or whatever. Well then, mm-hmm. then they they're then they're at a baseball stadium with like children, right? Who, then I, I guess they're like renting out the baseball stadium or something so the children can have fun. And then
2: yeah, I don't think uh... that was just a baseball stadium. I think that was like Yankee Stadium that they rented out. Yeah,
1: so it some it, like... it was the Knicks. <laughs> Remember, he bought his he bought his friend the Knicks tickets. Yeah, he bought his, oh, he, he bought Knicks his
2: friend Knicks the season Knicks. tickets. Yeah, it's
1: right. Possible. I su- I guess I assume that they were. Wait, are the Knicks the Knicks are basketball? Or baseball? The Knicks are the Knicks it's are the NBA team. The Mets, the Yankees the, and the Mets, Mets are I'm the, New the York Mets, baseball teams. teams. Yeah, so they're in some big stadium, and it's they're not in some the Knicks.
0: baseball stadium. Yeah. So, but to me, this is just—it's so boring at this point. I'm like, oh my gosh, what is the
1: <laughs> point of this? I was and, thinking of you, Colton, because I just was t- thinking about how much you hate baseball. And I was like, Colton would think this is, like, the worst, like, present ever. Like, just go run around in a baseball field.
0: Yeah. Um, So, and I was kind of like, this is lame. And uh, my wife, Jessica, was sitting there, and she said, no, this is, they're showing you that they have the same values, and they're falling in love. So that was your them falling in love section. But it was so boring. Um, And then um, after this they uh, a picture shows up like on an article or newspaper or something that Muriel sees of, uh, Yvonne and Charlie together at the baseball stadium. And there's some, some story about them. So at this point, Muriel kicks Charlie out of the house. So Mm -hmm. Charlie's like looking for somewhere to stay. So Charlie goes to a hotel, um, and actually the Plaza hotel. And actually when, when she kicks him out, uh, Muriel, this this is the kind of the last straw in the whole thing. And Muriel says like she has wings and she needs to fly, basically like kicking Charlie out and telling him that she's like past this, I guess, in a way. Yeah, they're gonna. She wants a divorce. <laughs> yeah, I think she says he's just blue collar. He's just a blue collar guy, and he's not going to change. Or he says that maybe. Well, well, well yeah. she <laughs> calls
2: she calls him a blue collar just like a blue collar guy. Right. And then there was Nick, it was Johnny who said like, that's not going to change.
1: Charlie. <laughs> what
2: did I say? Johnny?
1: Charlie. Johnny.
0: Yep. Um. Yeah. So then Nicholas Cage is going to the Plaza hotel, but also at the same time, um, you see that Yvonne goes to her house and she opens the door. And then there's like some, some bag that she's like, what's unfamiliar with is what we gather. And then, you find out her husband's there at her apartment who her husband um, racked up all her credit card debt. And so all the credit card debt previously in the movie was causing her trouble. Um, And that was kind of one of her
1: problems earlier in the movie is that her husband got all this debt on her credit. And Um, also like wiped out her account. Didn't he like take out, he like took all her money before she got the 2 million.
0: Um, I don't, I don't know. I, I know it kind of seemed like he was coming after it, but I don't know that it ever, that he ever did. Um, but he was at the house and he talked to her and they didn't, I don't think they really resolved anything. She just left.
2: Yeah. Um, Well, because I mean, the whole thing is like, he was after her, he was after her money. Yeah. And then she, and then he, she just wanted him out so right but because they were still married and i think i'm guessing his name was still technically on the lease of the apartment she's like if you won't leave then i will so yeah and it,
0: it didn't really explain that but she did leave right like it yeah we, she left so then we get to the hotel she goes to a hotel too and of course they end up at the same plaza Hotel. like they're both going to the right. plaza hotel and she's going to check in and then He's checking in behind her. And, of course, their rooms are right next to each other with a connecting door. And then, like, the guys who let them in the rooms come out and say, oh, that was the waitress who won the lottery. And then the other guy's like, oh, that was the guy. It's like in this world, this story has been so sensationalized that everyone knows about it. And it's like the biggest thing, because after this, you know, they open the door and then they. Come together, and then that's it. They're like they they at that after that point. I think we're to understand they're together, and in love. Like, my, do you guys feel like that was the scene too, where that was like finalized?
2: Yes, yeah, so I'm. I'm pretty sure they consummated their relationship after the <laughs> you know during the fade to dark. So
1: right, we we can only assume. Um, are we there are we to the hot air balloon yet? No, no, we're not there. Okay. <laughs> That's where, that's where I'm at. I'm just imagining that hot air balloon float off into space. <laughs>
0: oh. so But then, after, okay, so the next morning they leave the hotel and um, there's photographers everywhere at the hotel. You had mentioned this earlier, Kudrow, Like, why are there so many photographers just photographing these people who won the lottery? I yeah, feel like,
2: yeah, go for it's it. It's like Kudrow. disregarding the fact that, I, there, God, they're the writing. So I mean, like the fact that they even went to the exact same Plaza Hotel at the exact same si- time yeah. under different circumstances is is contrived enough as it is. Right. And now we're having this paparazzi, like, like so. I'm guessing like the two bellboys or whatever just immediately called like the New York Times or whatever. It's like, hey, the lottery <laughs> winners are here. Right. Like, right. It makes no sense.
1: Yeah, hot story. Ah. Uh, I I Um, feel like I do feel like there was something that they were tapping into that has, I think, um, you know, changed since then, which it is true that in the 80s and 90s, news was really all people had. Right. Like people would turn on the TV and like, well, like the most interesting thing was like what like the crazy shit that was happening in the moment around the world. Right. 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 So I feel like whereas now we have all these different sources and whatever, um, it's just different. But um, I feel like it was tapping into that, that like the news would like news stations would like, you know, would basically hunt down like any story. But it did seem, uh, I mean, it, you know, putting aside the whole fact of them being at the same place at the same time, which is just another example of them jumping the shark in the movie, like it just would not have happened. Right. Um, but besides that, it's just... It is it just it did feel really overdone. It's like now they're just permanently famous people because they won the lottery one time and they didn't even win the they didn't even win the biggest amount. Right. Yeah. Like, they're <laughs> like they're like they're like, Oh, isn't it like Gary De La Body from the Howard Cern show is there and he won like nine million dollars or something? They're like oh. bowlers and he's like, I'm gonna put in a bowl in the alley and whatever. And I'm like, Is that Baba Bowie right there? You know? <laughs> and I think it is. He's like, but they, they don't care about those like fat bowlers in their track suits, but like this cop and this waitress, it's just like, how desperate were people for, to like feel as something that they would follow this story.
2: Right. I guess if I had, I mean, like I'm sitting here decrying it too, but I guess if I had to play devil's advocate, I mean, I guess I can see maybe where there's like, you know, the feel good story of the fact that this waitress was hard on her luck all these debts, and you know, here comes Prince Charming to give her two million dollars, right? To solve all of our problems, but it's the thing still, is, I, is like
1: it's just it sucks because like that it has to happen, you know, it has right. to happen, and therefore it does, and it has to happen in order for her, you know what I mean? Like it just has to happen from
2: the beginning, even if it was like like I feel like it would even be more excusable if it wasn't the fact that like it's very clearly like front page news on all the newspapers that you see. It's not even like on page like 20 or whatever of the newspaper. It's page one. Yeah. (laughs) With like the picture and everything. Right. Right. Like, like, yeah.
0: So I guess after this, um, we have the scene where uh, Charlie's meeting with Mariel and like with lawyers about their divorce and, Charlie says she can have all the money and he's letting her take all the money. And, but after that, she says she wants, she declares she wants the rest of the money, like the money that was given to other people, uh, the money that was essentially given to Yvonne. She said she never agreed to that and she wants that money back. So then that's what leads us to the big court scene where they're in the court and they're arguing over the rest of this money. Um, and, I guess what happens in the end, basically, is Mariel gets awarded all the money, um, which I seems absolutely insane to me. Um, and, you know, I she also got a boob job, too, which she talked about earlier in the movie. <laughs> and then she comes back later and has that. Um, but I, I just don't like what court would be like, yeah. After you know this length of time, now you get to have all this money back. Like, how would that even work? Because a lot of that money's already been spent. Um, yeah, Leave I feel like it get just. On this.
1: <laughs> yeah, I just feel like they again they just did it because they had to do that. They, they can't like the they movie. can't like they can't banish her back to Brooklyn and then she has nothing and her life is ruined. Even though even though she was a like a an annoying character, nobody liked. Right,
0: and and that that whole her not getting money would have had to been resolved before she got the winnings. Like, they, right <laughs> now well, after like oh yeah well, you can have all this money back. So that that part was kind of senseless to me. Um, they go through a whole court hearing where he like, Oh, the Nick, uh, Charlie got the numbers wrong because they were like her birth date and their anniversary date, but he got one of the numbers wrong. So his lawyer says, you know, this was his decision basically because he didn't get picked the exact numbers, but then they go to the Mary on the stand and she's like, my dead father's ghost was there helping pick the numbers. <laughs> I'm like, what? Yeah.
2: I can't, like, there's that no way.
1: um so
0: yeah that that scene's just wildly unbelievable
1: yeah Um, i just i i I, and what i couldn't figure out was the title of the movie because every single one of these characters was awful and annoying and had a bad life and i would not and like i wouldn't want to have any of their lives or be in any of these situations
0: well i think it's it could happen to use referring to winning the lottery right
1: yeah, but it's just like so. I hate how like aspirational it is, and it's just yeah. like it's so. It's just it's just the Kudrow used the right when he said contrived. Yeah, and I just definitely. think the whole the whole movie was just like I don't know. They were just trying to like make a um a very formulaic, horrible romantic comedy sort of movie in the context right. of nineteen ninety four, and it's just a very mediocre and not memorable
0: yeah um so after the hearing and after they award Meryl all the money yvonne runs out of the courtroom and runs to the diner and of course charlie chases her there um yvonne's like i ruined your life charlie says no we figure out they both love each other and they decide they don't need the money um and then then somebody who appears to be like homeless is knocking on the window, and he wants food. So of course, good guy cop and Yvonne let him in to have some food, because that's what they do. And mm-hmm. then we find out after that it's actually an undercover reporter trying to get more stories. Probably the same one's been chasing him around the rest of the movie. Um, and the story comes out, and of course this just rockets their stature even higher um and then you see Charlie and Yvonne are talking about how they're going to leave together and that they're kind of talking about what their life's going to be like and little do they know that there is a uh, some sort of good Samaritan fund that everyone's been donating to that's going to them um so then they show up back at the diner I think it was and there's just piles of letters they they go basically they get all these letters from this good Samaritan fund and they basically just get a ton of money from that. And then they stay and just live out their dream life in
1: New York. So I, that's where I really feel like the movie is like, it could happen to like, you could be happy. Oh that's, yeah. That's really, cause that's what happens to all of them in the end. Really? I gotcha. Like, they, well...
0: They they well, fight, the, well you know, the, the wife loses uh, the investment guy takes the wife's money right
2: yeah so, because he reveals because uh, it's even said in like post like like post text which which I which I hate uh, because I feel like that would have been the lovely bit of catharsis this movie desperately maybe needed
0: maybe it was a comedy though but it's a romantic comedy so you can't it'd be yeah, too but, harsh
2: yeah but effectively like he's a con man he takes her money and then scrays but um, right which is arguably the smartest thing anyone did in this movie (laughs) yeah um but the fact that we didn't get to see that you know i feel like that was the shot in freuda that i i just needed direct injected into my veins
1: yeah i mean it is strange that they just like did that they didn't give give the audience that full just give them a scene you know, right where it's like oh that's the release and it's like that you know, and that clears that out. Um Anyways, yeah. I hate this movie. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, but I, I bet, yeah.
0: I liked this much less than Moonstruck. And I, Moonstruck was just more enjoyable to watch. And maybe it's good. Maybe Cher's just hot, you know?
1: I, that was the know. one thing, yeah. Cher, Cher was, an, seeing Cher in that movie was definitely a... um a little bit of an awakening for a young me. <laughs> I was like, damn. And then she came out with that. Then That was the same time she came out with. Uh, no, it wasn't. It was not the same time. Never mind. <laughs> I'm so stupid. Forget it, guys. All right. Um, let's, let's move on to the next topic. <laughs> all right. <laughs>
0: so, uh, Josh, well, uh, what's your solo ranking for this movie then?
1: all right guys uh I want to just if it's okay I, I actually felt I wrote some notes down about this one because I watched it yeah. today yeah, um, and here's what I would like to just say my overall I don't dis- I don't address moonstruck uh, in this but my uh ranking for it could happen to you I'm gonna the the review is titled f's all around <laughs> and <laughs> here is what I have to say about this movie okay you guys really have to pick some better movies because this one was trash. I found it useful in the historiographical sense only. Uh, I'd like my time back. It is (laughs) schlock, uh, unadulterated pulp. I felt physically sick after watching, as I said earlier. And I had a real sense of trepidation about this segment after watching this movie, because I thought, how bad is it really going to get? The only good thing about the movie is Nicholas Cage Roll is getting into a pond. And uh, I'd like to ban this movie forever to the crap cage, which is what I'm calling the uh, area beneath the beneath the F tier. It is only good for Mm. uh, if you need me to put it in a grade. Because if you know we have to we have to go with the system, then it gets an F for me. But uh, honestly, it never needs to be watched except to get. Nicholas funny Nicholas Cage clips. That's the only reason. don't you don't need any other context. Just take the funny moments. That's the only thing worth watching. And that's kind of the thing I realized about this is that Nicholas Cage is such a like a has he gives such can give such powerful powerful performances that regardless of what movies he's in, he like he's he he he's really good to like sample, right? And you can get like little hilarious moments and clips and and crazy, weird absurd things. Um, bad
0: some comedy maybe. Mm-hmm. yeah
1: I mean, um, but I think that that's this is a movie that has essentially uh, no redeeming qualities.
2: All right uh, <laughs> <laughs> Wow. um i I don't know. I can't follow that up. like that's that's a <laughs> rant right there. Uh, I, I don't know like I, I I see where Josh is coming from. I don't care for this movie either. Uh, as I said, like everything felt contrived, a lot of it felt forced. I don't even think the main conflict is legally possible. <laughs> yeah, right. Wh- which just made it We're way past s- that moment. Which just made it feel so much worse. The characters are just one-off caricatures. <sighs> I-, I might have to go E again. Yeah, and the, and I think it's just through virtue of the fact that there are maybe a couple chuckle-worthy moments in the movie, but that's that's it.
0: Uh, yeah, so I I agree with you. This movie's terrible. I agree with you. There's like so many senseless things. Um, and additionally, for me, just the the single one noteness of every character. It seems. Um, it, it just really seems like uh, Muriel's an example. Like Mariel's super annoying, but it just seems like she's not a real person. The way she's like written, it, it just a lot of the characters don't feel real.
1: Um, yeah. I'll agree that all the characters are one note, and Muriel was uh, the note that was above the line, <laughs> all right? So high, like her 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 register was like in, intentionally grading So
0: that actress, uh, Rosie Perez, is that her? voice normally or is she speaking higher
1: i'm guarantee it's played up it is okay. played I, up. she's been I in other think,
2: things yeah, about yeah. Thing, I've, I've seen her in other things and that's why i feel like if it's not her real voice i don't think it's that over exaggerated
1: okay. um, um that's the other thing about it colton that i wanted to say the one other thing that i did like to see in the movie was wendell pierce anybody out there knows the wire watches the wire he's a main character in the wire and he plays the uh, Nicholas Cage's buddy cop, the his partner. Oh, okay, yeah. And but again, just like you said, like that actor is so amazing. He has such range, but they and he plays a cop in The Wire. But like he, his character in this movie was just like not even right. It was just it was blah, which is nothing there. Yeah, he's yeah. a guy who's popping like basketball. Cool. So, and I, I'm,
0: I'm between E and F on this one and I, I just, I don't think it was good at all, but is it bad enough to be an F? Like, I, I kind of feel like it's still like a movie you can watch cause there's movies can get pretty bad. So I just don't know if I should leave that F open for something worse. Cause it is or, the
1: lowest, it is the lowest ranking that's within the system.
0: Right. And I, I'm I'm debating if it deserves to be that low. Like it definitely I, it definitely deserves to be an E. I just can't decide if it's as bad as an F. So I think I will go with an E. I, I think I'm gonna go with an E. I don't think it it's nearly bad enough to be an F. I'm gonna put it just just barely inching into the E category.
1: It's probably that's probably more reasonable. That's all right, you can have movies you don't like. We got an E and F and an unranked. That's our ratings.
2: Well, well, we should probably mention Quinn again. He did rate it before. Oh, what did he? What did he rate it? He gave this a C. Quinn, Quinn. gave us a C. Qu- <laughs> Quinn gave both of these movies a C.
0: Oh, yeah. people, it's in the same as Moonstruck. I can't. I can't get behind that.
2: He, he's very. He's very forgetful. Uh, Moonstruck right. at least has Thanks. share.
0: Quinn has given it a C. So let's talk about where this fits in the overall here. Um, all right. So it it can't be any higher than a D. The question is, and with, with our higher ratings, where, where do you guys feel? I feel like my rating of an E should be where we put this movie. Because <laughs> I really think, I don't think it deserves to be in the D category. It's just, as Josh has pointed out, just a bad movie, as you pointed out, Kudro Half of it doesn't even make any sense.
2: I'm. I mean, I. I mean, I. I <laughs> ranked it E2. That's too, not a good so, argument. Yeah, I ranked it E2. So, I mean, right, but, yeah. I, I, mean, I mean, it's it's Quinn that's disrupting the average here. When you when Quinn you like this it. movie, you should yeah, do a weighted total.
0: Yeah, I'd <laughs> see. But a weighted total, I, I, I don't want to. Cause I think it could vary from that in some cases. Mm. Um, but I, I think I feel like I'm comfortable with E um, you know, and maybe with Quinn's argument, we'd get like, maybe it's like an E plus, but still an E. Um, so I think for now, we'll put this as an E in our overall ranking of cage tier.
1: Any objections? i mean i can't agree to that so it's just it's it's like but it's and i I mean i basically have to just acquiesce to your opinion here because i mean i'll be reasonable if you want to it's it's probably not right to put it as an f because you know we can it's not it's more my it's more so my personal tastes you know as opposed to like thinking broadly so i'll let it slide but i mean you know there's really there's really uh Oh man!
0: You, you really think that it, it deserves to be in the absolute lowest category?
1: I mean, with a leading question like that, no, of course I don't. But, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I don't know. I mean, no, man. I'll, like I said, like I said, I mean, Quinn did give it a C, and he is a he. You know, his opinion does matter. So, uh,
0: all right. So Quinn saved this from being an F.
1: I, yeah, I guess the thing is, is like I I do want to take every I want to take all the all the all the hosts into account and when in, in considering this, right? So if, well, we're all in, yeah. if we're all in agreement that it can go, it can be as an E, you know. I, I, so, have, I have I have strong
0: I have strong feelings that this should not be higher than an E. I don't have strong feelings it should not be an F, but it seems like maybe Quinn and Kuzra would don't think it should be an F, so. I I think I'm comfortable with it fitting in the E for the overall tier.
2: I mean, it still has... I mean, even if the plot is contrived, it still has a plot. So, I mean, (laughs) I guess it still counts as a movie. I mean, but
1: movies don't need to have plots to be good.
2: Well, I guess that does effectively describe uh, (laughs) the big Lebowski. Yeah.
1: (laughs) I mean, it's just... It's hard hard to nail down one thing that
2: we're all going to agree on, right? Um, right. But yeah, I, think, yeah. I think like yeah. weighted. I think weighted average, though, with two E's, a C, and what effectively amounts to a zero from Josh. <laughs> uh, I I feel like I feel like, I like E unmatched. is kind of where it averages out. <laughs> All right, then. Uh, yeah, it's, I agree with that. It is settled.
1: It could happen to you. Go ahead. This movie is so far down in the rankings that it's right next to fucking dinosaur bones.
0: All right. It could happen to you, gets an E on the overall ranking of cage.